Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding, His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life, it's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious, think well, advance good. This is Q. I was really skeptical about this. I thought like, what, you know, what good can this really do? What impact can I really have? I'm just one person. Also, I hate wearing dresses, <laughs> but I hate trafficking more than I hate wearing dresses. So I gave it a try. Thanks for joining us this weekend for another Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. I'm Paul Pro from Faith Radio with Gabe Lyons from Q. And, okay, maybe you've heard or even know people who are willing to wear something uncomfortable or out of the ordinary for them to make a fashion statement. Well, as we'll hear today, some people are willing to do more than just make a statement. They're willing to take action and advance good. You know, here at Q, Gabe, you and your team are all about advancing good. But that's coupled with thinking well. And one key way we do that is the Q Media platform at QIdeas.org. And Q Media is a platform we've created that brings Q into your home, brings it into your office, into the staff room for those that you lead, whether it's at a university, a college, a business place, a, a workplace, anywhere you are, you can bring these conversation to bear. You don't have to be the expert, but literally by just saying to people, hey, let's have a conversation about technology this week. Or let's talk about how injustice is taking place around the race issue. Or let's talk about politics, right? The forbidden thing to talk about with other people. We have ways to stir that conversation. We believe in a healthy way that helps people listen to one another, learn together. And you walk out of the room going, man, I'm so glad I invested a few minutes thinking today, learning today. And just saying, we're in December, and it's the Christmas season, and there are ways of giving a friend, a coworker, or a loved one a subscription. Learn more at qideas.org and look for Q Media. Gabe, we started the show off with a clip of your conversation today with your friend, Blythe Hill. Before we get to that conversation, tell us a bit about Blythe. Now, Blythe is just one of those incredible stories, somebody who's been a part of the Q community for a long time, but as a college student, had an idea. And it always starts this way. You start to see this consistent pattern. Somebody had an idea and had the courage to put action to it, had the courage to risk failing, to risk other people making fun of them or not getting their idea or kind of looking at them with that glazed over look. Lord knows I had that look 15 years ago when we had this idea to do Q. But for those of you out there who have the beginning of an idea, spark, but you need a little bit of inspiration to carry forward, Blythe Hill is going to give you that today. I'm going to talk to her about what she created 10 years ago called Dress Simber. You're going to hear all about it. Of course, it sounds like December, and there's a reason for it. And I want you to hear how this one idea has started to become a movement amongst students, amongst adults, amongst people who really care about addressing an important issue. So let's listen in now to my conversation with Blythe. Blythe, I'm so glad that we're able to finally talk to you. I know you've been a part of the Q community for a very long time, but anytime I meet somebody who has had an idea and then had the courage to actually take the steps towards seeing that idea become reality, they're my heroes. And so thank you for the way you have led in this incredible movement 
called Dressember, but I want you to first just share with our listeners a little bit about your own story and how did how did all this get started? Yeah, well, thank you. That's very a very generous statement. Um, yeah, well, so Dressember, um, it you know, it's an anti-human trafficking nonprofit organization, and we have our our annual campaign every year in the winter, but it really, it started as just this, um, personal style challenge, uh, with no campaign or cause element attached to it. I started it when I was in college, really out of, um, kind of just a need for a creative outlet while I was in grad school. Yeah. You kind of can get bored in grad school, right? So you're like, I I gotta, (laughs) I gotta do something other than just study. And I mean, did you come up with the name? I did. I love puns. That that's kind of what sealed the deal for me. Is like, oh my gosh, that name is so good. I I was like, you know, just on a whim. Like, well, what if I tried wearing dresses every day? And it, it happened to be November that I had the idea, and so then December was the next full month, and I was like, oh, yeah. month of dresses in December, December. Like, yep. I love that. <laughs> and so the idea is that people commit to dressing a certain way in the month of December to raise awareness. Talk a little bit about what they're raising awareness for and how this functionally works and who, who tends to do this? Is it mostly just college students? Um, great question. So yeah, we have thousands of people across the world who commit to wearing either a dress or a tie um, or every once in a while, there's someone who wears a kilt, which is kind of fun during every day during the month of December as a way to raise awareness and money for anti-trafficking programs across the U S and across the world. Um, and we have kind of, we're learning like two very different populations that participate. There's like the super passionate, energetic, like college community. And then there's also parents of young or, or grown children who participate as a way to kind of lead an example of advocacy to their children or, or participate with their children, which is really fun. Um, yeah. So we're seeing like kind of a, a wide demographic and join. And what, what was it that was the genesis for this? I know anti-human trafficking is the issue that you've cared so deeply about, but for, you know, usually when there's this type of emphasis, this kind of a burden, it's coming from a deeper place. What what were your connections to why you cared so much about this? Yeah, I, I first learned about human trafficking um, probably around 2005, I really just like stumbled on an article about sex trafficking in India and was just stopped in my tracks. Like I could not believe that this is happening and it's happening on the scale that it's happening. And I, um, I really took for granted the reason that I felt this like personal urgency about it. And I thought like, oh, everyone would feel this way if they, if they knew what was happening. Um, but for me, it really, you know, the reason I, I felt so passionate and continue to feel this sort of unending fire for the issue is, is really, um, because of my own experience of sexual abuse as a little girl. Um, wow. And yeah. And and I mean, this is an occurrence for, as I was reading recently, it's one in four girls experience some type of sexual abuse in their childhood and one in six boys. So I know that deeply personal, but what of that can you share with us was part of your journey towards creating this? 
Yeah, I think, you know, just having this glimpse into the impact of sexual abuse on a person, like I I was around four or five when I experienced um, my abuse and it, it took years, like I would even say decades to really process the impact of that experience and, and heal and, and forgive and move forward. And so every sort of all the weight of shame and guilt and the impact on identity and worth that it has on a person, it's, it's really heavy and it's really complex. And so it just, um, yeah, it just continues to fire me up and it's given me this passion for, um, primarily women and girls, but it does also impact men and boys. Um, but this idea of restoring dignity to people who have been exploited is just the thing I'm so passionate about. Well, you must be thrilled, too, how this has moved. I mean, I think about the first Q we did, 2007, we had a talk on human trafficking, and it was a topic that was really new, and people mm-hmm. weren't talking about it a lot. There wasn't as much data and information. It was right at the beginning of that movement where International Justice Mission was focused on it, and people were starting to learn about it, and it felt like the church and Christian leadership said, this is something we need to do a lot about. But now that I look back over that last 12 years, it's just been pretty great to see all of the awareness, attention, and strategies that have gone into that. As you look back, are, are you satisfied with how much this topic has become top of mind for so many people? You know, I definitely... Um, I definitely celebrate how much the awareness has grown around it, um, especially within the church and how much the church has, has taken this up. Um, I, I do think there's still a long ways to go and there's so much that we're continuing to learn about the issue. Cause even, you know, when I was learning about this back in 2005 and probably still in 2007, this was understood to be an issue that's happening in underdeveloped nations. And at the time I thought like, Oh, I'm going to have to move to India or Cambodia or Thailand in order to have a direct impact on this issue. And of course now we know, Oh, this is happening everywhere. This is happening in every city around every major sporting event and large gathering. And it just looks so much different in different parts of the world. Um, and I'm still learning, you know, I, I consider it a huge responsibility for for myself and my team to continue to learn how this issue is appearing and evolving um, and the populations that it's affecting in different parts of the world. I mean, the overlap with foster care and Native American populations is really just startling here in the U.S. And then, um, of course, everything with labor and the apparel industry and coffee and, and chocolate and just it can be pretty overwhelming. But I I think it's important to become aware of all the different iterations of it so that we can begin to take action and raise our voice and use our spending power and demand policy changes. Well, the conversation around sexual abuse, objectification of women, I mean, that has picked up a lot of speed and momentum these last two years. The Me Too movement comes Mm -hmm. to mind, you know, as a movement that's helped people start to become aware of some things that were happening that they never even had paid as much attention to. There's been almost a a sense of shaming, right, to to those who have driven this kind of behavior or at least accepted it. There's a lot of ironies, of course, in our culture where, you know, in some ways there's a lot of shaming for that, but then in other ways in our entertainment, you just see it celebrated, right? And so it's, it's it's a bit of a conflict happening there. But how has the last couple of years of increased attention 
started to allow people's voices maybe to be heard more or stories to come forward that's aiding the movement? Yeah, I think it's so important because there for so long has been such a stigma on abuse and and there still is tremendously in some parts of the world where, uh, I mean, in parts of India or Southeast Asia, women will hide the fact that they were exploited because it's still perceived as this huge stigma and somehow their responsibility. But it's so important that we have conversations like this and this movement spread internationally, because what we're talking about ultimately is this idea of consent and, um, and bodily autonomy. And so if a person doesn't have those things or offer those things, you know, what you're seeing on the very far extreme end of the spectrum of consent is exploitation and trafficking, but it is all very much connected and kind of stems from a larger, um, problem of, of misogyny or of the objectification of not just women, but people, you know, that, that anyone exists for your pleasure or purchase, you know, those ideas are um, pretty insidious and, and just need to be uprooted in whatever way possible. And so me too is an incredible entry point to that. Um, And then it's also just been amazing to see people kind of connect um, dress ember with with their own abuse stories or with the stories that they've now learned because people that they care about have shared through me too. And, and Dressember provides this opportunity to stand up and take action, take a stand for like, okay, this is not okay. It's not okay that women across the world are being exploited. It's not okay that women here in the U S are being exploited. My own abuse is not okay. And, or the abuse of my sister, friend, wife in the past, um, none of that is okay. And, and it's, it's amazing what a simple action of, of standing up as an advocate does for others in your life who've experienced that sort of shame and abuse. Yeah. It gives you a sense of agency and empowerment that you can do something and that your story matters, that it's helpful. The more exposure that can be raised for people to understand it's normal people like you or me who could have gone through this and it gives people confidence to come forward and share their voice. Now, I know over the last decade, I mean, we're, we're kind of on the decade moment for you yeah. of, of this idea of you seeing it come to fruition. I mean, now over seven and a half million dollars raised towards these anti-trafficking efforts just from people deciding they're going to wear a tie or a dress mm-hmm. in December. So this is a big month coming up right now. For people who are listening and and wanting to be involved, talk a little bit about how do people go about doing this? What are the steps they need to take? Do you have to wear a dress on Christmas Day? I mean, do you get that question much? Is there a certain pajama dress that people could wear or, or would a robe count as a dress? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, no one's ever asked that specific question. The ones we get are like, do I have to wear a dress uh, like to work out or to, yeah, to bed is one. There's some great loopholes. Like, you know, you don't need to wear a dress when you're performing manual labor or cleaning or like if your job requires that you wear pants, it's like, okay, when you get to choose what you wear, you wear a dress or a tie. You, you, you can wear one to bed or to work out. And we have some great photos of people doing all sorts of things in dresses and ties, but you don't have to. Um, so the, the steps to get involved are, are pretty simple. You know, first step is deciding to, to be part of this. And, and that's honestly probably the hardest one because there's sort of the mental obstacles of like, oh, do I want to do that? Or it's really cold where I live or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and I just challenge people like, you know, if you, well, I'll, I'll 
I'll give an example. Some of the stories that people write in about some every year, someone writes in and says like, okay, I was really skeptical about this. I thought like, what, you know, what good can this really do? What impact can I really have? I'm just one person. Also, I hate wearing dresses, <laughs> but I hate trafficking more than I hate wearing dresses. So I gave it a try. And, um, the impact is just amazing. Like on, on, a person participating and then on also all the people in their life and their network. It's just this, like, I still, after 10 years, can't put words to this crazy, just intangible impact. The act of every day, every morning, putting on this uniform of an advocate, um, looking through the resources, uh, and statistics that we send out every day, um, and, and really just having that be top of mind, like, okay, today I am advocating for the dignity of all people and the inherent freedom of all people. Um, there is something like intangible and inherently spiritual about that practice. So <laughs> I'm getting bogged down in step one, but really it's the biggest step is just deciding that that fighting for the freedom of people around the world is worth it. And it's worth being uncomfortable in what's a relatively small sacrifice, but still a sacrifice to personal comfort. If it's cold where you are, or if you don't like wearing a dress or a tie, right. um, <laughs> wear tights, then, right? If you, if you're too cold, oh there's, my gosh. there's ways, there's you ways can, around that. There's great loopholes. You can wear pants under your dress. <laughs> you can, um, <laughs> you can definitely wear tights. Um, so then like the next steps are, just going to dressember.org and you can create a campaign page in a matter of minutes. You can link it with your Facebook page really easily so that it shows up on, on there. Um, well, you even have these buttons cause I, cause I know I checked out your website and you've got dresses ethically made. So of course you guys are going to be doing that to make sure everything aligns with this vision, but you have the buttons that say, ask me about my dress for $10, because I was wondering, how do you get the conversation started? I don't know if you've heard the story of William Wilberforce, how back, you know, in the 1800s, when they were trying to end slavery, mm. you know, they created these medallions that people mm. would wear that had a picture of a slave that was on their knees, their hands raised in the air with a chain around their wrists. And it said, am I not a brother? Mm. And they called, they called that a conversation starter. So women would wear those. They talk about them at the salon you'd see people wearing these little creative medallions. And that was how conversations began about something at the time that was going to radically revolutionize the economy of the British empire. And so I love seeing that it's even that practical in terms of the level at which you've thought through this for people. Yeah. We had people asking for those, um, years ago and we're like, okay, let's do it. I mean, especially, you know, if you live in a cold area and you're wearing a dress, people are going to probably notice, but for those of us in Southern California or other parts of the world, you know, Australia, it's, it's summer in December. So the ask me about my dress is, is really helpful. Um, or ask me about my tie for guys who participate and maybe they already normally wear ties to work. Um, yeah, it is this conversation starter and, and an invitation to, um, to talk about, you know, we're such a polite society by and large that like, even if you notice something, you might not say something. So having, having a button really does open, open the door. Right. Well, in closing, I just want to say thank you for your leadership, for being bold enough 
to come up with what probably felt like a crazy idea that you weren't sure <laughs> if people would jump on board and you found a way to do it and you went from dresses to ties so that it wasn't just women involved, but men could be involved. You know, I happened to go to a college that required me to wear a tie to school every single day. So I don't think it would have stood out as much without <laughs> the button. But today, when you wear a tie, unless you're kind of working in the financial arena or a lawyer, you know, there's only a few occupations, it feels like these days where people wear ties. So it really stands out, especially if you see one of your friends doing it every day, that that's going to beg a question. And what I love about this question is that it leads to people solving problems together. And around Q, I mean, that's what we care about is how can one person make a difference? And it's what you've done. You just took one intentional step. You didn't know 10 years ago what this would look like now that you'd have raised millions of dollars be an advocate in this space that people are listening to and learning from and trying to follow and pursue. But I want you to just give our listeners a sense of what has it felt like for you? I mean, as a person who just put an idea out there and now you've seen people get involved and, you know, oftentimes you don't take the time to sit back and just go, wow, because you're, um, you're not impressed with yourself. You're just kind of doing it. But right. when you sit back now and you, and you look at this last decade, what is the sense that you have? about hope, about what's possible when we just take our meager ideas and kind of put them out there and invite people in? Mm, yeah, it's been amazing, Gabe. I, I look back and I, I just remember how how much of a risk, um, it, it felt like I was taking a huge risk, like, okay, this, you know, this could totally flop. I could just look really silly doing this, but I, I have to try, you know, like if I can help even one person, it's worth looking like a fool to a thousand people is, is what I thought. And, and now looking back and seeing this incredible community of like tens of thousands of people who are part of this community, it's shown me like, okay, I thought this was, I thought this was going to be my way to engage in this issue. And it, and it, it is, but it turned out to be, you know, a pathway for, for so many other people who are also passionate about this issue to, to be involved. And, um, it's just amazing. <laughs> I also, I also just see, you know, I don't know that I would have actually said this 10 years ago, but looking back, like, I really don't think I thought that my actions mattered very much. You know, I thought like, Oh, I'm just one person. Like, what does it really matter what I do or what I buy? And, and now like now seeing the impact of dress Ember over these years and, and the impact of the individual, um, you know, there's, there's this huge power in the collective, but the collective is made up of individuals who are deciding that their individual actions do matter and how they spend their money matters and the choices that they make matter. And it's, it's demonstrated in the fact that, okay, when we, when we make this tiny decision that feels so arbitrary, but like putting on a dress or a tie every day that we can have this incredible impact at just, it's amazing. Like it, it yeah. really points to the fact that no, we, we can, we do have power in every small or big decision that we make. Well, Blytheville, way to go. Excited about this next month ahead and all that's going to take place all over the world as people get involved and live out this vision and put on those ties and put on those dresses, even on Christmas day. <laughs> Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for pioneering this movement. Thank you, Gabe. And I do just want to say one last thing since the tie was like uh, probably something you now consider an oppressive 
symbol from your childhood, <laughs> it can have such um, such power for people who choose to sort of reclaim it in this way. I've talked to so many people that are like, I hate dresses because I was forced to wear dresses growing up or ties, you know, fill in the blank. And then through Dress Ember, they were able to really redefine and reclaim what was the symbol of like, yeah, oppression for them personally. So I would just challenge well, you and invite you to consider <laughs> reclaiming. Yes, tie. I'll I'll try to overcome that oppression and Even for participate <laughs> and wear the tie again. All right, thank you, Blythe. Yeah, thank you, Gabe. I just love talking to people like Blythe. It's always an inspiration, and especially this week, it's just fun to see how people giving a little bit of their time, energy, effort can make a big difference in people's lives. Some people that they see through conversations, through giving them empowerment to talk about difficult conversations and issues that maybe they otherwise would never have brought to bear. Or if it's as simple as actually raising money to then send to organizations who can help make a difference, in this case, in the trafficking issue. We're so excited for people like Blythe. And I want you to learn more about her work. Go see the dresses. Go see those buttons we were talking about at dresssember.org. So it's the word dress and then E-M-B-E-R.org. And you can register as an advocate. You can shop there. They're ethically made dresses and ties and check it out. Again, thanks for listening to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons here on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot. And as we wind down 2019, we here at Q are looking ahead to 2020 and our spring conference in Nashville. Just remember, we want to see you at Q 2020, April 22nd to 24. If you go to qideas.org slash 2020 right now, special pricing, special gifts when you buy two tickets or more. Yeah, and I'm looking at a list of some of the gift items. They include the Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God Christmas album, a cotton tempo blanket from Sackcloth and Ashes, Bob Dalton's organization, who we hope to hear more about next week, a special Q-Blend coffee from Honest Coffee Roasters. <laughs> you didn't know that we had a special Q-Coffee blend, did you? As well as many other items. So... Go to qideas.org slash 2020 to find out more and order your tickets. And again, with your purchase of two or more tickets, those special gift items. And also, you can check out some of the thought leaders who will be joining us in Nashville this spring, the likes of Justin Gibney and Michael Ware from the Ann Campaign, Preston Sprinkle, and many others. So go buy two tickets, four tickets, buy a table of eight like so many of the leaders do with us, and then fill it with your friends over the next 60 days. Invite them to come just dedicate three days to thinking together, to learning together, to getting ahead of the curve on the conversations that are coming your way so that you can lead well and you can help bring others along into a flourishing life. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for listening to Q Ideas. We'll talk with you next time. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. 
To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.